Buried Treasure, a Dayton Pirate Podcast. Yeah. You ready to get started? Whenever you are. All right, so you just uh, if you don't mind introducing yourself and then your role in Dayton and anything you've done previously that's led you to where you are. Sure, yeah. So I'm Dave Brucklos, and I've been hired by the city of Dayton to be their new uh, tourism and economic development director. They hadn't had the uh, position before, so this was something new. And quite frankly, when they were looking to do all this, they were more thinking about hiring another a, a downtown coordinator right. for mm-hmm. things. And the, the position just kind of morphed. I think uh, when we got in through the interview process, they realized that we could do a lot more. Mm-hmm. And uh, so prior to that, I was in McMinnville as the downtown director for about three, three and a mm-hmm. half years. And uh, obviously that that story in itself is kind of yeah, because you came in right before the right before the pandemic, like yeah. one week before the governor <laughs> shut down the right. entire state. Right. And so, what I thought I was going to be doing completely turned on a dime. <laughs> what is it you <laughs> thought you were going to be doing versus what is it you? Ended I up guess doing? you know I knew it was an event-driven organization, mm-hmm. and I had done something like this when I first got out of college, so I was kind of familiar with what the role is, which is. You know, it, 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 events and production of events combined with beautification efforts of the downtown, those kinds of mm-hmm. things. But all of a sudden, I was walking down a street, namely Third Street, and there was nobody there. Oh, it was empty yeah. for yeah. almost two months. Right. And so I still would walk down it <laughs> and, you know, meet those that I could mm-hmm. because that was an important part of the process as yeah. well. But, um, yeah, it was very eerie in a way. Sure. Really surreal. Hard yeah. to coordinate events when you can't have events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And because events were, um, a pri- you know, a primary source of income as well, or certainly a contributing one, mm-hmm. that also made it really difficult because you're wondering, okay, now how are we going to finance this effort? And uh, so creativity stepped in. Obviously, we did some cool stuff, um, shutting down Third Street for Dine Out was probably. Yeah. I love that. And that's still a. And it's still going, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and it was really, you know, the restaurants will tell you it was a big part of getting her, allow, you know, right. maintaining their business because when they were shut down to 25% capacity, oh, yeah. if you know restaurant business, there's no way you can make it Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it was rough on a lot of businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said it during the interview process is kind of when the purpose of your role started to Correct. shift based on what you were maybe suggesting during your interview. Talk a little yeah. bit about what the original purpose was, and then what the hope is now for your role. Well, I think coming in, you know, um, obviously we can all go downtown here to Courthouse Square, and it doesn't take a, you know, you can see with your own eyes that there is not a level of commerce or business activity existing today. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have a downtown association in a lot of ways pushing you forward other than events when you don't have that uh, mm-hmm. support already in place. Because, yeah. again, those are the kinds of things that financially prop you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing that and evaluating that, it became really important that the idea economic development for Dayton, most of the times people think of it as industrial promotion and things of that right. nature. But for Dayton, it's about commercial development. Sure. yeah. And, um, and so, you know, that... I had thought before I came here, because having watched, I call it the the Gwendolyn debacle in mm-hmm. McMinnville, I said, well, if Dayton is going to move forward with development, um, 
on its vacant properties and with the merchant block and so forth, then you better get ahead of that and make sure that the community is on board with <laughs> right. where you're headed as well. You yeah. shouldn't do that after the yeah. fact. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't work well that way. So yeah. the we, we put together an economic development questionnaire that went out to the public for the month of September. We got really good response rate um, and how really you, good How did you put that out? We used all sorts of different okay. mechanisms. So we did, through email that we had attached to our utility list, we included uh, the flyer with links in all utility bills. <laughs> that was, that was, that's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. As a city councilor and a council president, a lot of our notices went out in the water bill. So my joke was always, just put it in the water bill. <laughs> so I want to make sure you did that. <laughs> it's a surefire way to reach some people. Yeah. yeah. And then we had a social media campaign yeah. and on the website and all these different ways. But... We got 220 responses, that's and some great. might yeah. say, oh, that's good. Yeah. But it was funny because I was at the Oregon Main Street Conference uh, a month ago, and we were talking about surveying and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And the city of West Lynn piped up and said, yeah, we did one, and we got 224 responses out of 28,000 people. And I said, well, we got 200 responses out of 2,700 uh, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that really made it mm-hmm. a lot more, um, um, not necessarily accurate, but just yeah. it, it really led to it being yeah. a, a useful tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and it validated a lot of things. Mm-hmm. The community is ready for some change. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so as we go down the road, it was nice to see where they where they. Yeah. Th- like to see change and even where they wouldn't like to right. see change. I was going to say, we talk a lot about how Dayton's kind of a special community and so many people will say I'm third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh generation, you know, Dayton citizen. Um, where is that balance between growth and tradition? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what are you hearing from the community? And I think this is something, it's interesting. I think in your position and mine, we're kind of experiencing parallel mm-hmm. um, moments in time and that we're also trying to do some community outreach and figure out what does the community want most from its schools. So it's like this real chance in the community to build what we want out of you know, right. the community of Dayton, essentially, for everything from, like you said, businesses to, to schools. And um, it's an exciting time. But where's that Where's that balance, do you think? Well, it's kind of interesting from the survey itself, the information we got back, because some of the things we asked were demographic. And questions like, how long have you lived here? And with the option of other, okay, <laughs> we got a lot of, I've lived here my whole life. Yeah. Or I've, I'm third, like you said, third, mm-hmm. fourth generation. Mm-hmm. Amazing number of people that have been here and lived it their really lives is. here and mm-hmm. grew up here. And their families are growing up here. So mm-hmm. there's some continuity there that really exists. I think that um, what we found with the answers to it relative to the idea of growth or change, um, we had 13% of the populace say, we don't want to ever see change. Yeah. We don't want to mm-hmm. see growth mm-hmm. at all. But we had 85, 87% that were open to it mm-hmm. all. And some, more than 50%, were very pro. Right. So that... That was a great message for sure. me because it validated, um, you know, my role, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, so I could move forward on initiatives. Right. Um, I, I, I didn't know what I was going to necessarily get <laughs> yeah. back in that sure. survey. Sure, absolutely. And I think when you and I met, we talked about how when you're looking at uh, enrollment projections for the district, we, um, you know, we're, we're trying to be strategic in our long-term planning and budgeting, um, and it, it 
it, we have seen in projections that there will be declining enrollment, but then that doesn't take into account the potential, you know, changes that are going to happen. Yeah, it's so interesting you bring that up because McMinnville is encountering the exact same mm-hmm. thing. Their numbers show that they're going to be declining, but it isn't taking into We've had some real changes in this community in Dayton as well as in McMinnville in the urban growth boundary. Right. And that is a game changer. If Dayton pulled off something, they're only the second city in the state to pull off an urban renewal boundary exchange. So they swapped industrial property to Mm -hmm. the east for what will eventually someday become residential property on the west. So it was a real flip that they were able Mm -hmm. to pull off. And that... If that's acted upon, and it requires a lot of steps, annexation. I was going to say, you might have to unpack some of this uh, well, for me to understand. The, the property out, out Foster Road was in that UGB, okay. and we're trying to shift it from the Foster Road area gotcha. yep. over this way. Gotcha. Yeah. So you can actually build. So, it's yeah, so we could build out toward yep. Lafayette Highway. Yep. And uh, so hopefully someday that'll, that'll mm-hmm. all come about once we go through all these things right. and the demands there. Right. But I think in many ways... We're already seeing that the demand very well is there. Sure. We have a housing yeah. shortage in this county, and uh, right. and it's not to say that everything that would be built is affordable, because I think that's a word. That, yeah, we're I'm not so sure I can define podcast, what that word yeah. means anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's it's a it's a real opportunity for Dayton in particular to. Uh, to have a you know a focus on growth that's related to residential right. development, right? Um, and when you go back, there was a plan done in 2010. It was Dayton Forward, mm-hmm. and uh, that plan I pulled out and read, printed, read, gone through it a number of times. Yeah. It's still bang on relative. Yeah, sure. Some things have changed, and you know you adjust to those. But for the most part, it it talked about redevelopment of the courthouse mm-hmm. square it talked about residential expansion all those things are still relative today right. so it is in itself even though it's from 2010 it's still right. a great roadmap yeah i read the exact same thing in preparation for my interview for i actually i remember that meeting like it was yesterday that's, <laughs> that's how far i go back I'm like, oh yeah i remember yeah. that meeting yeah 10 years ago doesn't seem too yeah. or 13 or whatever doesn't seem too yeah. long ago actually <laughs> um so i mean i don't know what you're able to talk about in terms of looking forward in dayton but what is your if we're talking about growth, can you paint a picture for us of what that could look like sure. in this town? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing we should, you know, make mention of is the fact that we are now seeing activity down the street at the Merchant Block yeah. on Ferry. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing construction workers, it's seeing huge. it every day opened up, seeing it being cleaned up. Yeah. I mean, right there, that's been talked about a long time. Mm-hmm. So to see action in the last three weeks has been something that I know has got the community talking yep. and, uh, and you know, curious about relative to what it's going to be mm-hmm. and so forth. Uh, eventually, you'll see upstairs rooms, a dozen, you know, mm-hmm. hotel rooms upstairs and four bays will be developed downstairs for primarily food and beverage, but could be retail, could mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. A, a number of things. But it's... Uh, that's going to bring life, right? Right. That's the beginning. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have, you know, three, four vacant properties of significance down there. Uh, my understanding is that um, ownership is now uh, in the final throes of choosing a developer to work with gotcha. going forward. And if that happens, or when that, it's not if, but when that happens, then you'll start seeing activity develop on those areas as well. I do know that the intent 
is to move sooner than later. Mm -hmm. And I know also the intent is to not just do one and then finish and do another, but to go out. Just go big or go home. Yeah. And that (laughs) will include a lot of mixed use too, which is going to be great. I mean, Mm -hmm. you'll get some residential down there. And that's the life of a downtown Mm -hmm. is when it has people that actually live. some energy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it seems like the community is willing to show up for whatever is happening. I mean, just the Friday nights, you know, in the summer and well, a great validation of that was the other night for mm-hmm. Halloween. So putting that flyer out through the elementary right. grades, um, that was the biggest attendance they ever had. Oh, awesome. Oh, oh, that's nice. great. We had over 300 people Oh, there. my goodness. Yeah. Um, all had a great time from free laser tag to cool. being fed to being, you know, it was, it was super special. And that showed me the power of us working together yes, mm-hmm. because yeah. we can really, I think, motivate people to participate. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, that's to me, that's always how I judge how an event goes or, you know, sure. whatever you're trying to do. Well, in short term, working together allows for us um, to create opportunities for our students and our community alike. But long term, I think we have also been in discussion about, you know, ultimately so many students do go to school in Dayton. And then even if they leave for college or somewhere else, they often come back. And mm-hmm. so if we want to ensure that we're growing these humans that are then going to give back to our own community someday, we need to create industry mm-hmm. in our community for them to be able to be employed mm-hmm. in. And so we talked about the potential of, you know, aligning our career pathways at Dayton High School with what you see as industry that will be you know, oh, yeah. in Dayton and potentially having um, internships, you know, bringing back a more robust internship program that it doesn't, you know, we don't have to necessarily send people to McMinnville or wherever right. to, to um, complete these internships, no, I, but we can do it right here in Dayton. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, and, and in particular, when we had uh, our meeting last week concerning hospitality industry, mm-hmm. um, that's a hot topic all over, but right wow, what we could do here would be amazing. Right. And we're going to have opportunities for internships and actual work-related environments down there sooner than later. Sure. Uh, this initial project should be done by September. They're moving really fast. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you need people for the hotel to work. You need people that are going to get you know jobs yeah. downstairs. And let's face it, it's best to hire from right here within the community. Mm. Right. Yeah. And Robin Van Buren is, I think, who you met with. So we have, uh, we were starting an instructional subcommittee um, as well as a facilities and operations one. But uh, Dave was invited to <clears throat> the instructional subcommittee and I was out sick. But Robin, I think, was sharing that she's working on a CTE grant to bring a hospitality pathway uh, to Dayton High School. And, um, you know, culinary being potentially a part of that and also yeah. working with our current ag program um, and, and business to try to, uh, create a, a pathway that uh, allows for students to work in any realm of hospitality, mm-hmm. ultimately, but a more a, a broad approach to us, you know. That, that also, industry. that meeting has already led to a connection with the Evergreen Museum. Oh, cool. Tell mm-hmm. us and about that. And that's because they have their own food and beverage facility there. Mm-hmm. They've just expanded and added a huge amount of square footage for events and mm-hmm. so forth. It's beautiful, actually. And with that, the museum itself, all those things together 
um, are going to create, you know, employment opportunities. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they eventually will probably put a hotel on their property out there. Mm-hmm. That's another one. And, you know, we're cl- as close being in Dayton as anybody's McMinnville is in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So it's not a stretch at all to think that, you know, p- kids in that program could go and then intern yep. down there or work yeah. down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Yep. So if you were a student now, what opportunities would you want to explore the career you have now? What um, for what I'm to? doing and so forth? Yeah. Um, you know, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I got my degree originally in journalism, mm. okay, and uh, in poly- political science. And, and I always said, you know, I, I never went to work for a paper, and I n- didn't do the radio station <laughs> or TV thing. And, uh, well, welcome to the radio. That was Robin's story, But, but too. it yeah. taught me to write. And and it became maybe one of the most important things that mm-hmm. I acquired. Yeah. I will say you have a voice for radio too. I've been yeah. noticing that <laughs> sitting here. Yeah. I get that quite a bit, yeah. and I'm always like, you know, Dave, you really should have pursued that. Really <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, I just think communication and in, in, in anything you can do to promote that, especially mm-hmm. today. I mean, a great example is I I come to work and pull out of the house and. Here's typically the junior high kids on the corner waiting for the bus. Mm -hmm. None of them talk to one another. Right. They're They're all on their phone, and they're all standing 10 feet away from one another. So they're all scattered. It's not a little group. And I'm just like, you know, that's not – that's just not socially preparing you for life. Right. um, Just isolating yourself like that. And uh, so I think, you know, anything, any programs that can – that can encourage kids to communicate mm-hmm. because, in my opinion, and it has been my experience, that's probably the most important yep. thing you can acquire. They're saying that there's a saying in um, the field of education that whoever's doing the talking is doing the learning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's this notion that we actually grow our neurons when we're communicating, like you said, face to face with our peers, mm-hmm. and whether it's te- trying to help teach them what the teacher was you know, instructing or whether it's just unpacking an idea together. But the amount of student talk time in a classroom can be directly correlated to the amount of learning that happens in Mm -hmm. that classroom. But if we, like you said, if we have this system where we're all just kind of plugged into our various devices and... I do love tech, but yeah. it kind of gets in the way of the face-to-face. It, it, it can, does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It can sometimes serve better face-to-face conversations when yeah. you can utilize it appropriately and strategically, but <laughs> right. just unleashing we'll it in a way that, yeah. yeah. No, that's so <laughs> is true. It's a free-for-all. Well, here's another thing that's going on, and everybody probably is aware of, but, you know, we're in the process of replacing the footbridge over the Anvil yes. River. Oh, thank you. And one of the things that's come about with that that I've thought about is that, you know, the Vintages has a hundred. 80 trailers over there and i'm sure there's students of yours that are mm-hmm. over there mm-hmm. well without the footbridge the only way to get to school is to come around on 18 which that's dangerous mm-hmm. yep. or you get a ride and so forth and um when that bridge reopens kids are going to be able to come across that yep. and go yeah. both ways and yeah. i think that's going to be Fantastic. I've always thought the bridge is the lifeblood of Dayton because all the city services run across it. Yet yep. the bridge itself is in terrible shape. Oh yeah. And I, I it's always been my my worry yeah. as city council or just being in the city. It's mm-hmm. that footbridge fails, mm-hmm. the city's isolated. It is. And it's um so next week they're gonna have two they got two cranes over there. They're gonna put two I beams in place on temporary pilings mm-hmm. in the river there. 
um, which will allow them to shift the water and sewer lines that they have oh, wow. temporarily. Mm-hmm. Then they'll replace the midstream of the old bridge and put in the. Things the, are happening in Dayton. It's <laughs> a lot of activity yeah. right now. Yeah. It's I'm really not sure exciting. It's a question for the podcast, but is the is the water the city service is going under the river or is it still going over? It's it goes it's attached currently right below the the bridge right. itself. So that's what'll happen again is it'll be attached that way. Okay. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, we talked about how the community of Dayton is uh, unique in that they're so supportive of um, efforts in the city, whether it's a bond, a school bond, or um, you know, supporting the the growth that we're looking for in this town. And you and I talked about what is the best way um, to communicate ways in which the public can be helpful in right. these endeavors, right? Because um, you know, like we've talked about, there's a lot of facilities needs in Dayton, yeah. some of which we can plan for with our budget and some that might take an army, you know what I mean? To help, whether it's through fundraising or just pitching in with a shovel somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you find? You talked about, obviously, the, the way you got people to respond to your survey, but what are your thoughts on how we can come together as a community and communicate so everyone's in the know and also feels, you know, a sense of empowerment or ownership over supporting the work? Well, I think much like the survey, it's kind of a multi-level um, kind of a movement, right? We have what's called the Ferry Street News. Yes. Mm. And I think you write for it as yes. well. Um, and that's fairly well read, and, and it's something we do quarterly. And it's not just a flyer. It's, right. it's a 16-page little booklet that tells what's going on in each of the departments and in each of the uh, various areas mm-hmm. within the city that has impact. Um, that's been very successful. But, you know, the frustration still lies, and I don't know how your attendance is at school board meetings and things like that. But, you know, in our city council meetings, we're lucky if anyone shows up. Mm -hmm. I think it's because we do, not we as in you and me, but in general, in any kind of uh, system that has some kind of bureaucratic component to it, we don't do a great job articulating the why Mm -hmm. and making it feel welcoming. So, like... If I wasn't immersed in the school system, I guess I don't wouldn't know what happens at board meetings, mm-hmm. why my presence would be important mm-hmm. to that purpose, mm-hmm. and whether or not it would be awkward if I just walked in. You right. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think yeah. saying, like, these are the things that we're discussing at city council or at school board meetings. This is where we could really, you know, use either public input or we could uh, – it would be beneficial if people came so that they were in the know. Right. Um, and I th- I think we could probably do oh, yeah. a better job on that end for sure. Well, it's definitely well. the welcoming part of it. Sometimes in board meetings or in council meetings, you feel like you're intruding. You're like, wait, right. am I interrupting the meeting by just sitting here? Yeah. yeah. No, there's no doubt. Or an ominous feeling. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just here to support. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is that person and why, yeah, why are, are they, they here? here? And that yeah. actually happened to us at the last meeting is somebody showed up that we had no idea who the person was, sat down. And we went through the whole meeting, and afterwards, one of the council people asked, uh, can I ask where you're from and who you are and so forth? And he volunteered that he was from Newburgh, and he was down. Mm-hmm. He just was trying to listen in because he was yeah. thinking about running in politics and mm-hmm. so forth. But it was like, yeah, he was just sitting there, and it felt kind of strange. Yeah. Because you didn't know who they were. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Well, we're going to start having town hall meetings. I'm, our first one's going to be after this podcast airs, I'm sure. But um, I'm thinking it would be – a maybe a 
a great platform to you know have people introduce themselves whether they're on city council or mm -hmm. part of the school district sure. and just a more informal place for people to have pizza and congregate and talk and then that kind of opens the door to these people I know now and so it's not super intimidating yeah like to I show know who to, that is and yeah, yeah. A meeting and it's true people are intimidated mm -hmm. by public meetings and things of that mm -hmm. nature I, yeah. I think sometimes people think it's kind of like the classroom are you gonna get called yeah on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah or that they need to know all the things yeah. and right. if there's something that they're not sure what you know what's what's going on they're gonna feel you know called out or mm -hmm. yeah you know stupid but that that's not the case at all and and I also think like um, the there are certain protocols that are important to have in place in public meetings and by law are necessary. Mm -hmm. um, but we can do a probably a better job making them feel less bureaucratic and, mm -hmm. you know, definitely more, more productive. Absolutely. So talk, talk to us about um, those meetings and what they look like and what, what things are discussed and what the purpose is. So the city council meets typically on the, um, the first Monday of the month. Mm -hmm. um, we do have a second meeting at time. That's typically a, a workshop. Work session, yeah. yeah, it's a work session. So um, this month they uh, we're meeting next Monday, and um, you know topics of discussion are infrastructure. Mm -hmm. We're uh, in the midst of trying to fund uh, the replacement of a pump station uh, on two twenty one, and people go, "Oh yeah, okay, it sounds boring," mm -hmm. but it's pretty important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, if you don't get the right services, some environmental things can happen sure. that aren't good. Um, so. You listen to those kinds of things. You listen to certain propositions and ideas that maybe are, you know, pushed forward for consideration and adoption. Um, we just got to reach out from our friends over at uh, the ODOT uh, bypass group that, you know, can we get, you know, support from the city of Dayton, you know, because all the cities are signing on. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it just depends, but you do get a lot of conversation amongst the council. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's interesting is the yeah, debate, so sure, to speak. Sure, you can hear the behind the scenes exactly. of the decision Exactly, and the making. reasoning of why mm -hmm. people think certain ways. Yeah. And I think that, that that's super educational for anyone attending those kind of things. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get the real story. You're not going to get it second. The Facebook story. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The you next door name. Make like a, a norm and date that you, you can't post uh, assumptions on Facebook unless you attend these public yeah. meetings. That's, that would be a I good start. That. I yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You know, one thing I wanted to just bring up, too, that came out of the survey, because this was something that was really interesting, because I think it's an opportunity if we can find a way to connect. But I asked people where they work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first and foremost was McMinnville, and that makes the most sense. Sure. It's the closest and the largest city near us. But the second was they work from home. Oh, oh interesting. 10% of the respondents were huh. out of the house. And I thought... That is an opportunity because they're here all yeah. day. And it's an opportunity to get those people together. Sure. Because you're isolated a lot mm -hmm. of times when you work at home. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, we've got a potential army of volunteers even and sure. people that could be involved out there because they're here do they mm -hmm. specify where what industry most people they, are, they I, didn't get that, was, that deep i'm sitting here wondering to. like what i know what are they yeah mm -hmm. it would be helpful just mm -hmm. from the standpoint of even creating curriculum yeah you know? absolutely yeah no that was a super i guess not surprising that we've been through the pandemic mm -hmm. and the whole work from home routine mm -hmm. but i thought that was a sizable percentage mm -hmm. it was number two i was yeah. like wow okay yeah um 
one of the conversations that we're having as a school district is what it, uh, we're trying to develop what's called a portrait of a grad. Essentially, it's like what skill sets, dispositions, character traits, mindsets do we want most for our students when they cross that stage with the, um, you know, the understanding that sometimes what we teach in schools isn't as directly related to what employers are wanting from mm -hmm. potential their potential workforce, meaning, um, you know, we are really content focused. So coming away with knowledge and skills in math, science, and these core subjects. But what employers say they want most is sometimes different, whether it's, you know, just attending <laughs> and being on time or being able to work as a team um, or, t you know, taking initiative, whatever these may be. They're sometimes referred to as soft skills. We refer to them as employability skills. But what would you say is most important um, when when we're talking about potential a potential workforce um, and it, uh, employees for local industry. What do you think are the most important skill sets and dispositions? I think one of the things that's interesting, I'll share a story about my own son who um, went to college and played soccer and ended up getting his degree in math. And I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> what are you going to be doing with your math degree? <laughs> and he ended up going to work for um, a digital marketing arm of a company called Rakuten and then Ancestry.com and then Pinterest. Oh, okay. And it's fascinating to me how they looked at him with his math degree as being more important than somebody with, say, an IT-related mm -hmm. degree because of the way you think. Right. Mm. The an analytical yep. analysis yep. and so forth. And so I think that's a good example of how things are kind of changing sure. in the background. Yeah. That they're looking for people who can think yeah mm -hmm. and they want skill sets that develop that yeah. what that that's why liberal arts degrees are irrelevant that's right yeah. exactly mm -hmm. yep. yeah at one time that was kind of yeah oh no, well yeah okay <laughs> you're taking the easy yeah. way out yeah. yeah but you can think critically and and you can apply that to different situations it's not oh. necessarily the, the subject area exactly the... exactly because he had no background in that but yeah they they liked the way mm -hmm. in which he thought mm -hmm. so um I think that's going to just become bigger and bigger with everything we do. Yeah, and and um, I think because schools are tasked with preparing students for jobs that don't even exist right, yet, right. it's really impossible to say, you know, try, try to predict what industry is going to exist. You know, we couldn't have predicted some of the social media stuff no, that's out there no 20 way. years ago or whatever. <laughs> um, so, like you said, teaching them how to think is sometimes mm -hmm. more important than what to think think right. or what to know mm -hmm. so that they have the skills to learn and even unlearn yeah you know what i mean not yeah. that i'm dropping anything on kelly but our high school counselor but a way to document those skills mm -hmm. too is, is like a master that. mastery diploma or so, mm -hmm. something that knows uh -huh. that this student has right yep. these skills right yeah no absolutely yeah. that's yeah. fantastic um and what would you say the biggest um concerns are from the businesses you talk to when hiring potential? I know there's a shortage of workforce. Right yeah, there's a shortage of workforce. I think, you know, one of the things we've identified, because I've sat with a larger group of relative cities around here and talk about this issue all the time, um, I, I think the big, the big struggle at the moment is because of the housing market and the way it is and the expense to live in even Yamhill County as a whole, that's made it a very difficult thing. It's like I say, I come back every time. We'll talk about economic development. We'll talk about the workforce. We'll talk about hiring. We'll talk about our needs. And then I go, yeah, but where are they going to live? Yeah. But one of the advantages we have with, I think, the high school students in particular 
is that they're obviously looking to grow and learn mm. and they're living at home yep. mm-hmm. and they don't have to struggle with that. Right. And, and I think that that's an opportunity as long as we coach them up. And right. I think that that's the other thing is the employer, he has to realize they're 16, 17, 18 years old. Right. You can't yeah. expect. They're growing still. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're growing still. Yeah. They're not coming but, out of five years experience. And that, and maybe that's something that should be really embraced mm-hmm. is teaching employers how to that's a great idea. teach mm-hmm. employees. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, because there are, uh, there are specific strategies that educators have when they're trying to grow mm-hmm. skill sets. You know what I mean? And yeah. so working together yeah. um, as an educational community and with employers to say, like, you know, let's really clearly define and articulate what the expectations are for our students. And then we can help on our end, but mm-hmm. also we can um, show you some things that might work in terms of I, I giving think them that's, those skill I think sets. that's really huge because yeah. I think that's the thing that gets missed a little bit yeah. with the employer is that they – they just feel like, oh, we've got a body here. Now yeah. we can use it. No, you've right. got to coach that person up. Right. Then coach. they'll be effective. Right, right. Um, I always ask this question about hope. So what gives you hope for our schools or our city right now going forward? Um, just the fact that I see everything starting to move off center. I, I would not have taken the job if I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I had a very uh, uh, interesting, engaging meeting with um, – Bill Stoller before I took the job um, because I wanted to get his take as well mm-hmm. as Bond because he has such a big influence here in Dayton yeah. and born and raised. Um, and when I saw, he never committed, but he, he said, you could just see he saw, you know what? Dayton's starting to move forward. Awesome. And yeah. that, I think, is the impetus for investment. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's what you're going to see. I think the biggest challenges we have today here are infrastructure and money. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the same things you guys are going through. Right. <laughs> you know, I, it just, the you, need outweighs the budget always, right now. Yeah. Every yeah. single time. Yeah. And there's so many. There's, it's limited to what yep. you can do. And so much of it is grant-driven. I was having a discussion with uh, uh, people from Visit McMinnville, and we were just talking about this grant structure for everything. Everything has to be a grant to get any money. And yep. I'm like, 30% of those dollars are probably wasted on evaluating and sure. writing oh, these absolutely. grants and yep. doing all that. Yep. Why not just award the money and then we'll <laughs> have it? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then Can we'll get, save time and we'll get yeah. so much more done. I yeah. hope the Oregon Department of Education is also listening to this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. crazy. It's yeah. just uh, we spend so much time doing yeah. that. And then obviously you're, you're often relegated to failure because you're so competitive sure but you know we're at a point too where if we're going to support commercial development down here we're going to need the infrastructure to support yes as well. absolutely mm-hmm. so that's a big thing we're going after absolutely. at the moment yeah yep infrastructure is it's definitely something that uh, can't be overlooked it's so foundational uh you know it's not to... sexy no but, it's... but no. we're fi- we're finding you know just this the same issues in Dayton just like I said just the facilities mm-hmm. alone it's it's such a chicken and an egg thing because it's imperative that the facilities um, operate and the, even the look to them communicates this level of sophistication and professionalism so right. that when students walk in they think do you know what I mean I'm going places this right. is all for me and this right. is you know taken care of and um, and yet we need um we need that engagement and enrollment (laughs) in order to get the funding Mm -hmm. to improve them. So yeah, Yeah. it is definitely sometimes a Well, we potentially have a 47 unit residential development 
um, that may come into the city in, in the next year yeah. or so. Um, I think with the again the urban boundary expansion, there's going to be some opportunities for some you know additional yeah residents in mm-hmm. the in the community. Mm-hmm. Not that it's going to double or anything like that, but it's going to be helpful. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you say, you know, you get funding based on your student count and yep. so forth. If you don't have that or it's declining, right. then you know it's like one person always said to me. They said, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And yeah. so you have to. It's a, it's a basic it human way. need is growth. Yeah, yeah. and yep. it's a, definitely a need for the city. So uh, you're um, somewhat new to Dayton. I'm somewhat new to Dayton. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know you, the people who work alongside you, what would what would they say about you? What are you known for? Um, getting things done, I think is the main thing. I don't look at, you know, I, the one thing I can't stand is just talking about doing right. something. I like to get engaged and make it happen. And, and I think leading by example, um, that's another thing that I just embrace is, you know, yes, I pick up trash, you know, yes, it's, amen. Oh, yeah, yep. and it's good. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mind doing that. And, yep. and so being, you know, somebody out there leading the way in a positive direction and showing it by actually mm-hmm. physically doing the things that, that need to be right. done, that's that's kind of my game and always right. has been. Yeah. I always say to um, school leaders, uh, whether they're building or district leaders, that um, the higher up, quote unquote, you go in your title or job description, the more cumulative the work is. It's not that the more mm-hmm. h- the higher level the work is, meaning you're still dumping lunch trays and picking trash up off the floor you know and doing all the things that are necessary that we want our students to do and our our staff to do and you're also getting to absorb the parent complaints and (laughs) make (laughs) the policy of all the things you get to do it all so it doesn't it's the funny thing about being a small community or in small town especially at city hall is you know you have a staff of 12 people of which half of them are public works so it's a very small community so everyone there does a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. wears all the hats yeah wears all Mm -hmm. the hats it's the only way you can you you can get anything done and manage things and so forth. So it's uh, it's been an eye-opening experience for me uh, seeing how that smaller community runs. Mm-hmm. McMinnville's not certainly big, but it's you know yeah. it has a it, you know reasonable size to it and certainly an employ employment. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, watching it here, I'm like mm-hmm. wow. You yeah. know, you really got to be have a broad set of skills to be able to yep. do all the things that need to. And be And sometimes done. Yeah. there's um, opportunity in that. You know, having worked in McMinnville. Because there are so many people that each have their own lane, sometimes it's almost things take a lot longer and the mm-hmm. right hand doesn't always know what the left hand's mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. and everything gets lost in a system somewhere. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes oh, in a sure. small district or community, you can just make things happen. it takes one person on yeah. that line to drop the ball <laughs> exactly. and then yeah. you're back at square one. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. What would you say um, Dayton is known for and what what? And you've spoken a little bit to this, but uh, what do you hope it's known for as we move forward? Well, obviously, it's an agricultural community. Yeah. It's been mm-hmm. driven by that for generations, um, you know, whether it be farming and dairy and, mm-hmm. and and so forth. One of the things that was funny is I had uh, put a um, an option to a question was, you know, are you, what are you excited about living in Dayton for and what mm-hmm. is it that attracts you? And I put in there as an option at first was, you know, the farming community. And one person on the council says, Dave, are you aware we don't have a single farm in the city limits? <laughs> and I went, huh, I never knew yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's definitely continues to be known for that. It's mm-hmm. known for its sports, let's yeah. face it. Yeah. I mean, before I came here, everyone said, 
you've never seen a community more passionate about their, oh, yeah. especially their football team. Yeah. So um, that's that's something that I know you guys have going. Um, I think obviously that courthouse square park is probably one of the more beautiful assets yes. that a community could have. Yeah, it's that main icon on the website too. It absolutely always, is, always and it's 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 just incredible it's to like see Mayberry. this. It yeah, just is like absolutely, <laughs> yeah, and with those trees, yep. you know, in the middle, and and that they were never, you know cut down or destroyed is just right. an asset. In fact, we had to do, a, we did a measurement because we were trying to show an illustration of building height versus um, what's existing there today. So the tallest tree in that park is 193 feet tall. Oh my goodness. That's pretty tall. No that's kidding. really tall. Yeah, it's yeah. really tall. Wow. So uh, yeah, it's uh, that's just iconic to me. Mm-hmm. That's It's definitely just a huge asset that can just continue to be embraced and continue to be enhanced. Yeah. and. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, about that's it. great. Yeah, that's great. Do you have anything else that you are hoping to discuss today, or that you want to share? I think you know, just again, I I think that for the same reason we talked early on about communication and being able to reach out to the community and, and get our get points across or share information, it, it is difficult. Even with all these different ways we can go about mm-hmm. doing it, um, it's more trying to get the people to be engaged on the uh, on. And taking hold of what we're putting yes. out there, yep. reading it and yep. absorbing it sure. and asking questions about it. Um, that's going to be, I think, the big challenge because I know that today there's so much misinformation there is. that yep. is put out there. Mm-hmm. And it really, really has a negative impact on things if it's not, um, you know, cleared up. Sure. And so we're, uh, you know, hopefully that's why messaging continues to be important and doing it in the proper and right. in the right way. And mm-hmm. right. And hopefully we can get there. But we, like we said, we learned a lot about the school and our cooperation with you guys yeah. because that was a huge attendance for the Halloween event. That's great. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, I'm excited to keep uh, partnering with you. And mm-hmm. um, I think we're going to have a lot of uh, pretty cool opportunities for kids. And Lots going on for forward. the holidays, yeah. too. We've got tree lighting oh, Saturday after Thanksgiving. And we have our... Um, breakfast with Santa, which is like if Santa's coming because I get I get excited about that. Where's yeah. breakfast with Santa? <laughs> it's going to be at the community center okay. there, okay. and that'll sure. be like the second uh, Saturday of December. Fun. Yeah. So lots of stuff still going on, and we'll and we get the real to. Santa just so everybody knows. Yeah. Thank, yeah. thank you. Other yeah. towns don't. <laughs> get the real one. Of course, Dayton gets the yeah. real one. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Great. Well, thanks for being on our show, thanks. and I'm excited for. Uh, the community to get to hear a little bit about what's happening in Dayton. Well, listen, yeah. thank you for having me. I'm happy to share anything with the with the community, and and we can all move forward together in a positive way. It would be awesome. Perfect. You know? Come awesome. on out to city council meetings, everyone. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That'd be great. Thank you, Dave. Hey, thank you. Thank you for listening to Buried Treasure, a Dayton Pirate podcast. Join us next time as we interview more friends of the Dayton School District.